Hello, welcome to Soul Led, a podcast dedicated to the evolution of your soul and the development of your spiritual gifts. I am Nikki Novo, your spiritual mentor, a fiery Latina, mom of three, and a lover of all things intuitive. You're here because you're meant to be here. So let's do this. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Soul Led. How are you doing, my friend? So as I'm recording, I'm officially in our new home. So we're living in West Asheville right now, North Carolina, renting a home and while our real house builds. So I'm actually settled. It's like week two here, I believe, or like week one and a half. And we're kind of settled in our rental. Things are a mess. They're not as neat as I would like, <laughs> but it's okay. At least things are out and we have like the basic stuff, like the things that we actually need out. So I'm happy to talk to you from here because if you would have talked to me last week, you would not have liked my vibe, but I'm at a better vibe (laughs) this week for sure. Two out of three kids are in school. So like, you know, moms, that's always a good thing. First time I've had alone time in a long time. So that is also nice, which is why I'm able to record. I've been being asked for recordings and it's like, I can't do it because it hasn't been quiet enough. So here I am with you today. So that's an update on me. Hope you are doing well. Um, I'm recording the day after Lionsgate portal. So hopefully that's like opening up some, uh, just, you know, kind of clearing out some of the heaviness that maybe some of us have been feeling over the last few weeks. I hope that that is bringing you sparkles and abundance and clearing you up a little bit as we start to end summer, basically. So Today, I'm doing a solo episode. Uh, I did a solo episode recently about how I used my intuition to do this move. And it seemed like a lot of you liked that. So it sounds like a, you know, sounds like a good idea to keep doing some solo episodes. So I'm excited to be here with you. So today, I wanted to talk about job hopping, like career hopping, um, running a spiritual business. Again, how I use my intuition to do that really. And kind of how that's shown up in my life. Talk a little bit about why that was like an important part of my process and hopefully just share my story to hopefully share, you know, to help some of you guys, because I've been getting that question. So I'm going to share it and we'll see how it goes. May not be for everyone this episode, but for anybody that is maybe unhappy at work, trying to figure out the work thing, maybe interested in the spiritual business, interested in just knowing how I came to be this, (laughs) this is the episode for you. So I hope you enjoy and let's get into some storytelling. Come on, everybody, come around the fire. Let's talk. (laughs) So we did that episode with Kat about purpose. Um, So I talked a little bit about my journey here and there about my purpose, but purpose, I mean, it's it's a spiritual concept for sure, but I wanted to to kind of earth it a little bit, ground that information a little bit into career and talk about career. Again, not everybody's purpose is is associated with career, but I do feel that some of us that ask ourselves about those career questions, I do feel that we're asking those questions because we're being called to a part of our purpose. And it's not so much that like the work is supposed to be purpose, but it's like, we know that there's more to life. There's something bigger for us this lifetime. And that is 
in the wheelhouse of purpose, you know, that really is like in the wheelhouse of the contract of the soul contract, you know? So let's talk about that a little bit. So as you know, in my story, I was not showing any signs of being (laughs) psychic as a kid. I, you know, I I always joke that like, if I would have shown signs of being psychic, my Cuban Catholic mother definitely would have sent me to some like Catholic priest for like some sort of despojo, or I would have been enrolled in some sort of nun school at this point. Um, So I'm very grateful that I didn't show any of the signs and thankfully the spirit guides and whatever just didn't make too much noise um, while I was a kid. So that was not my story, which most people that hear about, you know, psychics and intuitives and mediums, like that is the story, right? It's the story of this person that like, you know, has been predicting things since they were three years old. And that was not my story. On the contrary, like I, as a small kid, like I was really obsessed with thinking about what I was going to do for work, which was so strange. Like I remember being probably like in third grade and, and already feeling this anxiety. I don't know if I want to call it anxiety, but it felt like a puzzle that I couldn't solve. And I don't think most people were thinking so much about work at that age, but I was. And it's not like I grew up in this household that, you know, that there wasn't enough money and that like I was, it wasn't really, it was just something, I think I was the only one in my family, like having this trauma, you know, as a kid, I'll have to ask my brothers, but I have two brothers. I'm the middle child and shout out to the middle children. We are special and unique. Um, So I, definitely remember like my older brother was like very clear he was going to be a doctor. My father is a doctor. And, you know, I was raised in an immigrant family that, you know, going to school and being educated and getting some sort of professional degree was the way up. So that was very much known in my house. And I think maybe that was probably why I felt a little scared because I knew that that was not going to be the fit for me. I didn't show any signs of being good in like math or science. I always felt a little bit behind school wise. And I just was like, oh man, Nikki, you're in trouble. <laughs> like if you're supposed to go to, to college and like study like microbiology, like this is not going to work out for you. So I remember being very stressed about it. And then I remember getting to a point that I was like angry about this concept of like, I had to do something that was safe and I had to do something structured. Like I remember being like, that is bullshit. You know, like I remember being like, there has to be a way to do something you love. So that started waking up in me probably like senior year in high school, early college, definitely early college, picking those credits and deciding like what I was going to study. Oh my gosh, what a big deal that was for me. But I, you know, I thankfully I had this beautiful mentor who I met during an internship. So for any young folks listening to this, or if you have young children that are maybe going into college or something right now, dude, internships, like I started doing internships very, very young. And I'm so grateful I did. I was like, I always liked to work. Like I started working when I was in high school because I always liked the idea of making my own money because I was definitely controlled by money in my house. Um, My mom, like I just, you know, she was very strict and there was like this kind of control about like, oh, well, we provide everything for you. Like, oh, you want that? Let me buy it for you. But if I buy it for you, you better be a good girl. So I was like, as soon as I was able to work, I was like, get me a freaking job. Like, let me have like my own money so I don't have to depend on other people. So there was a good and a bad thing happening in my family. But at the same time, I feel that it's been a good thing because it taught me to like make my own money at a young age. So 
you know, when I started going into college and I was like, man, like I have to be able to make money doing something I love. Like this cannot be the story that like we all do these things that are safe because they make money. I was like that this can't happen. So doing those internships, I signed up for them very young because I liked to work. I liked to like, I learned by doing. So I don't, I don't know how it, actually I was working at a kid's gym, like at a, my gym. Did you guys ever go to one of those things? And one of the moms who had like a young girl at the time, it was like a three-year-old, a four-year-old there. Like she was this, you know, she had worked in production. She was marketing and she was just God sent to me. Her name was Liz. And Liz was like my first mentor. And she kind of just had an interest in me. And she talked to me a little bit about what she did. And then she got me an internship in her marketing company. And then ultimately she went to a production company. And then I got my first job at the production company with her. So she really like, introduced me to this whole new world. I was showing interest in entertainment. I was definitely, I don't know if you guys have heard me say the story, but when MTV was, some of you might be too old for, I mean, too young for this, but MTV at some point was looking for VJs, which were basically like hosts on MTV. And they would do these like competitions for for becoming a VJ. And like, you guys, you better believe that I was sending in my videos. I was like recording myself in my house with nobody knowing. And I was making these recordings to like be a host on VJ or even, or even when they would do like, I don't know, there was these like MTV shows. It was the beginning of like reality TV. There was these MTV shows about, I don't know, making you into something. I forget what they were called, but I would submit tapes to all these <laughs> weird shows because I was like dying to be on TV, um, I guess. Like I just, there was such an entertainment part of me. That's my Leo moon for sure. So that was something I was embarrassed about. Like I was embarrassed about it for many reasons. First of all, you know, in the patriarchy, women taking up space and and putting themselves out there and being loud is like not appreciated, right? And also I had a narcissistic parent who I was afraid of causing problems if I t- took up too much space. So very interesting that like I had these desires, but I was doing them in my room, <laughs> like secretly recording myself for all these. And then I would like go to the post office. I was definitely already driving because I would do this on my own. And then I would like ship out the tapes Spoiler alert, MTV never called me, guys. But it's important to look at those things from childhood that you might have been scared of. You know what I mean? That like you might have been doing in hiding because those are such like clues to ultimately what is innate to us and ultimately like what is in our path. Like if you read my chart, right? Like it actually shows up in my chart that I shine and that, you know, all that stuff, even though I was raised to not shine um, or to hide away from that or whatever, or I always felt like scared of it, but there's signs in my childhood, right? So if any of you are having a hard time thinking about job and career, just take a minute to think about your childhood and just set the intention that maybe a memory that hasn't shown up in a long time may it show up because actually this VJ moment, I think I've shared it like once publicly, but it's not a memory that pops up often. So I just want to set that intention for you. Like may a memory that that's been lost, that is a clue, may it show up over the next couple of weeks. And and if it does shout out to me, let me know. Okay. So that was like the beginning signs of, you know, there was this kind of entertainment part of me, but since I was too scared to say that I wanted to be like maybe in front of the camera, 
I figured I can get into the business of it or get behind the camera. So I studied public relations because it kind of sounded somewhere along the lines of that. And also I was working in production at the time in college and working on a very random, you guys, I worked on a soap opera called Ocean Avenue, which is so funny because in Miami Beach, it's actually called Ocean Drive, but for some reason they couldn't call it Ocean Drive. So they called it Ocean Avenue. And it was a Swedish soap opera. It was bizarre. It was in half English and half Swedish, but I, whatever, I was like working on that show. My best friend worked with me and I was working in the accounting department, which was probably like the worst place to put me in because I didn't know anything about money at the time. And I was just not into Excel sheets, but I guess I thought I was responsible. So that's why I was in that department, but it was super fun to work there. I actually met a lot of like my very close friends at that production company. So shout out to all my friends in LA who we all met in this production company in Miami. So I worked there and for a long time, I knew I wanted to be in the creative field, but it was like, I wasn't ready to kind of say that I wanted to take center stage. So the first few years of working in a creative place, I was always working behind the scenes. So that's an important thing to look at too, because sometimes you guys, you might be like in the industries that you like, but maybe you're in the wrong role. So for a long time, I was in the wrong role, (laughs) but it was a great start for me, right? Like I don't regret it at all. I don't think it should have been any other way. Oh my gosh, guys, funny note on that soap opera that I worked on, Megan Fox was one of our actresses. Like she actually, I don't know. Can I say that? I could say that. I think she was in high school and she was one of our characters. She was one of the actresses on the show. So, you know, it was kind of a big deal, guys. Anyways, you may be in the wrong role is what I want to say. And that's okay. I mean, I learned so much from being in the industry and kind of being on the other side, but you know, there was definitely perhaps like an inauthenticity to the role that I was, right? I was an accounting, accounting guys, but whatever. <laughs> but it was, it was great to be there. So I started realizing I loved entertainment. I liked that world. And I just, but I never felt good enough to be like more of the leads in that world. So I always worked behind the scenes. So after working there, I graduated from college. I moved to LA and I took a job at Lionsgate was my first job. Actually, guys, honestly, between here and there, I would, I was kind of like this, like almost like an addict. I would go back and forth because I knew I wanted to be like creative and all this stuff, but then I was so scared of it not being safe. And I was like really trying to make my parents happy. So in between these moments, I was, I'd always find myself like studying something safe in a weird way. So between that job and moving to LA after college, I decided I was going to go to law school. I feel like all law souls, that's what we do. Like you take the LSAT, you know, anybody that like wants to make money, but doesn't know what they want to do. I think it's like LSAT all the way. So I spent like six months or so working at a law firm in LA, just kind of hanging out and not really knowing what I wanted to do. And then I took the LSAT. I did well. And as soon as I had to apply to law school and write the entrance, like application or whatever it was, that little thing that you talk about yourself, I couldn't do it. And I was like, what the shit am I doing? Like, this is bullshit. Like Nikki, come on. Like you are not going to law school. You will be a shitty ass lawyer. (laughs) You're not doing this. So I went back into film and I got my, I got my first job at Lionsgate Studios. I think it's called Lionsgate Films now. I'm not sure. But anyways, um, I worked as an assistant in PR and marketing. I was a horrible assistant because I don't know. I just, 
I'm not a super detailed person, definitely more of a visionary, but of course, like we always start somewhere. So I had to start there. You know, I did the best that I could and maybe I'm being harder on myself because I was ultimately recruited from that job and moved to Fox Searchlight. So, I mean, I must've been kind of okay because I was brought over to Fox, but you know, really it was there where I learned to be around a lot of creatives. And I was like, oh my gosh, people make money being creative. Like this is like this whole world. It was such an expanding experience for me. And when I was there, I was working in PR. So PR is, you know, kind of like getting buzz for whatever thing you're selling. And we were selling films. So I was like working on, you know, getting people to watch the movie. And, you know, I was really, I was the assistant. So I was at the bottom of the the barrel here, but I worked on their, like some really cool creative smart people. And that was just such an amazing experience. And there's a few good things about me doing that. Number one, because I worked for such big brands at such a young age, that made me understand that working for big brands is like not a big deal or that big brands are nothing that special. It made it very like attainable to me. So as a small business owner now and running my business the way that I am, like, I don't feel like those companies or those brands are too far-fetched for me because I've worked in there. So that's one thing, like if you're maybe off on your own right now and you're trying to like work with bigger brands, like just remember that there's like a 23-year-old girl right there, like answering your email, who is just a normal girl and everybody's just trying to move ahead So it's not as scary as you think. So it was very helpful for me to be in those big companies because like, as I started to work for myself, I wasn't super afraid of like reaching out or making collaboration deals or anything like that with these bigger companies that had worked there. I was the girl like answering the email. Um, I was the girl at the event and my bosses were normal people. So we really like, whatever the goal is for you, like whatever is like the thing that looks so scary or the thing that you really want, you do have to normalize it and just be like, oh, that's so easy or that is so accessible or that's so doable, right? So anybody that you're looking up to, um, any company that you're you know, excited about, like what if you just been like, oh, that's there's a random human that has that job who's my gatekeeper and she's he or she are just normal people and I can get there too. So that was really helpful for me. So after being in LA, I loved it there. I missed home. I missed Miami a lot. And I also just knew at that point that I wanted to be a writer. And I was also getting away from, I don't want to say toxic relationship, but I was like hanging out with this guy who never wanted to be my girl, my boyfriend. And I could like not get over him. So I had to move. <laughs> I had to move for that reason. And also I missed home. I had to get away from that guy who I love dearly today, by the way, you guys, but it was just like a very sticky relationship. And I knew I wanted to be a writer and I knew LA felt a little big for me to make that transition. That's up for debate. I think a lot of my friends in LA would say that that like wasn't true, that I could have stayed there. But I guess for whatever reason, I felt it was a little impulsive, but I felt like it was time to go back to Miami. So about two and a half years later, I moved back to Miami and I started working in media. I I wanted to be an editor. I wanted to be a writer. So I started writing and pitching, you know, publications, trying to see like whoever would give me a job. And, you know, as, as the universe would had it, I got my first job as an editorial assistant at a local um, luxury magazine in Miami. And funny, the editor is definitely like my soulmate. She's one of my good friends to this day. And she was actually one of the people that introduced me to a lot of this work. Like she had already done like metaphysical work and angel work and all this stuff, even though she was writing about fashion and beauty, like she 
when I started getting into psychics, like she's like, oh, been there, done that, you know? Um, so she, it was like, it's just so funny how, how the world like moves you around. So, so at this point I've already jumped around from a bunch of jobs. And actually when I moved from LA to Miami, even though I knew I wanted to be a writer, I was so scared. And I actually went and enrolled in some like biology classes in college because I thought that maybe I could just become a doctor. I was like, please, Lord, let doctor be the thing for me <laughs> because it was just such a windy road, you know? And I was just, I didn't want to be that person that was like jumping from thing to thing, but like my, my path was taking me that way. And I felt like a crazy person that I didn't know what I was supposed to do that. Like somehow I was doing all these cool jobs and they weren't making me happy. I felt crazy. I was like, there is absolutely something wrong with me. People from the outside were definitely like, there's absolutely something wrong with this girl. You know, I was, I had a different job every year almost. Um, I couldn't like hold down a, a job for like longer than a year and a half or something like that. And it was just, I felt really shitty about myself. So I was just like trying to find something that I could just commit to. And I was like, well, my brothers do medicine. My dad does medicine. I know you can make money. It's like a set path, but oh my gosh that first biology class, like, I just, I just don't have the attention for that shit, you know? Um, and I was just really bad at it. So I remember <laughs> I had a boyfriend at the time. I had moved back to Miami, met this guy, came my boyfriend. I met up with him, like after my first biology class, we were going to lunch and I'm sitting there and he was like, oh, how was, you know, how was your class? And I had already convinced him. I was like, no, 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 this is my path. I'm going to be a doctor. This is what I'm going to do. Like really trying to convince myself. And I'm sitting there at lunch, we were at Panera Bread, I remember. And I'm like eating my sandwich. He's like, how'd it go? I'm like, it was great. It was it was real great. And I was just like crying, like just in all these tears. I'm like, it was awesome. Um, and he's like, it doesn't look like it was awesome. I was like, no, no, it was so good. This is just gonna be such a good path for me. And he was like, Nikki, something's wrong with you. And I just broke down. I was like, I don't know. I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, I just was so lost. I was embarrassed to even be dating the guy because I was so lost. And it's just hard to be loved when you feel that lost, you know? And I and I think that, that that's probably why I attached myself so much to him because he did love me even when I was lost. It was actually when I found myself that he, he had a hard time loving me, which is funny. But I was so lost and I really just wanted to be like a normal human, you know, I just wanted to like, can I just be one of those people that are happy being doing this one thing? And I don't know, like just having things a little bit more settled, but I tried. So at least I could say that I tried. And that's what I would say. Like if your path is windy, like mine, the worst is like when you have these regrets of like, oh, I never tried that thing. Maybe, you know, maybe I could have done that thing. So if it's windy because you're trying a bunch, you should take a minute to applaud yourself because if you're trying a bunch, like you're living, you know, and you're trying and you're not going to have any regrets. So I can look back and be like, no, absolutely. I was not supposed to do anything like super, you know, in the box or professional like that, because I tried those things. I took the LSAT, you know, I, I worked at a law firm, like I went to that biology class, you know, like, and it did not work for me. So at the time I felt very crazy, but also I was somebody that was able to try something and pre- soon after I knew if it was a fit for me or not. Maybe it was early signs of my intuition, of course, but I, I feel that it was better for me to have tried than not to try and have like these regrets or not to be and to feel like not super sure. So like I said, I was zigzagging my way through the career. I was jumping from thing to thing. I finally found myself in the magazine 
And for the first time, I felt very at home with writing. (laughs) My little sensitive soul, like finally found a place for it to let it all out. Um, I feel like I might've been called dramatic or maybe a little too much most of my life. So when I found writing, I was like, oh, I can channel all that energy here and it'd be okay. Like actually the more sensitive and the more emotional, the better when it came to writing. So it was like this place where I was accepted, almost like I just felt like this part of me was accepted and allowed. Maybe communicating that way in life might be a little too much for people, but on paper, when you're reading it, it's just the right amount of drama. (laughs) So I just finally found like a place for me. And that's another thing I think that you know, when we're trying to find this career or this way of making money that feels good, that feels good to our soul, sometimes what we are innately is like too much for certain stages, as I would call it. Like maybe it's too much for one person to handle you or it's too much for you in a classroom or something. But then you find these stages that are just right. And that's really what writing felt for me. So sometimes you're not the problem. Well, I would venture to say you are never the problem. It's typically the environment that is the problem. So that was really helpful. I, I, I really just felt like seen and heard when it came to writing. Granted, I was only writing about like fashion and beauty and restaurants and nothing super deep, but there was a flow that came with typing and, and those words. And I just, it was, it was great for me. It felt so good. Um, after so many years of like looking for something that felt just right, I felt like Cinderella put my foot into that shoe and I was like, this is it. Um, so it was such a beautiful process. And, you know, I really just learned to write. That's the truth. I was not trained to to be a writer. So um, I had some great mentors and I was, you know, studying and reading and writing a bunch. And I just honed that skill. I, I found my voice. Uh, it was very, very much necessary. At some point, I had another spiritual awakening because of this relationship, which you've heard me talk about before, I'm sure. And I started going to psychics and, you know, I found this one psychic who was super talented and I was just cracked me open. You know, I was still loving my work. I loved what I did. And at the time, I just thought I would move up the the ladder. Like I just thought like, oh, one day I'll be an editor in chief. And, you know, it was so funny because even though that was like the trajectory and I was happy at my job. I don't know if there was a part of me that just felt like I wouldn't be able to cut it as an editor-in-chief. But the good thing about me in that moment, and I think this is when I started honing the skill because I feel like I have this skill that I knew that there was probably something else for me at that point. And, you know, I, I knew there was, you know, some long path, but in the moment, what I was doing felt really good. And I was okay with just being like, you know what? I'm not really sure where all of this is going, but right now this feels really good. So I tried to not get too ahead of myself for the first time in my life. And that was the beginning of me like honing that skill. Cause that's a big part of mastering our intuition is also in a weird way, like mastering time and presence, which is funny because, you know, when you're practicing intuition, you're really trying to, you know, oftentimes see the future and but there has to be a balance between knowing the future and being able to connect with it and see it, but also being able to br- bring yourself back into this moment, ground into this moment and do what needs to be done in this moment. So even though maybe there was parts of me that knew that there was probably something bigger for me, I also felt very clear that this 
writing thing that I was learning had to be done and I needed to be there in that moment. So that's an important part of this, of your own intuitive journey and your own soul's journey, right? Like being able to have that big vision, but at the same time, know where you're supposed to be in the moment and ground where you're supposed to be in that moment. So I felt very at home in that moment. I was able to just like really ground into being a writer for a few years. And it was actually the first time I got to hold down a job for a long time. I remember like celebrating like my one year and being like, this is, I like emailed all my friends. I'm like, you guys, I am celebrating one year at the magazine. And then I celebrated two years at the magazine. And it was like such a big deal for me. Um, I ended up working for like really large companies big media companies like MSN and NBC. And like my last full-time job was at Refinery29. And that was, you know, that moment that many of us have probably had, or maybe you're having currently that Refinery29 was like the biggest opportunity that I could get in Miami um, when it came to my skill set and my trajectory. Like this was like the biggest deal to like be able to be the editor of the Miami edition. And I fought for that job. Like I wanted that position. I tried really, I manifested that position. I remember like before they even said they were ever going to hire in Miami, I remember like seeing Refinery29 and be like, I'm going to work for those people. And, um, you know, I, it was a goal, right? And I accomplished it. And just a month into it, I was like, oh man, like, you know, when you reach that thing that you thought was going to make you happy and you thought it was like the peak of the thing you've been working towards, right? It was like, I had been working towards a position like that at a company like that for a long time. And then you get it and you're like, oh, it's not enough. And that's the worst feeling. And if you're in that place, I just want to tell you that I see you and I sympathize with you. But at the same time, it's such an exciting place. You know, I reached there, I was it was frustrating and and those frustrating emotions that I had while I was there and those kind of like, oh, I can't believe this is enough, this is not enough. Instead of getting crazy about those feelings and judging myself, I was okay with being like, okay, these feelings are leading me somewhere else. And that's why these feelings are showing up, not because I'm an asshole or not because there's something wrong. But it's like my journey down this path has brought me as far as I was supposed to go. And now it's like, you know, going down a straight road and all of a sudden I was meant to make a right turn. So I was okay with that. And I wasn't going to get mad at those feelings. Thankfully, through that journey, because there was so much zigzag in the beginning of the process, I had to learn to like not judge myself. I had to learn to just be like, yeah, everybody, whoever's watching me, like my friends, my parents, they must think I'm nuts but I can't get caught up in that. Like I cannot get caught up in what people think of me right now. Cause I got, I got to go, I got like moves to make. So to some degree I had learned to not judge. I mean, I judged myself in many ways and I still judge myself in many ways, but in that time I had learned to not judge my pull towards new things. Like when new things with new feelings were, when new directions were showing up, I didn't judge them. I, at that point, learned to trust them because they had brought me this far. So I was frustrated. I was annoyed. And that's when, you know, blogging started. I started blogging in 2008 when all my friends were becoming fashion bloggers. I was like, that's not me. Like, which is funny because I worked in fashion and beauty, but I just was not that interested in clothes or brands. I like never was into that stuff. I just wrote about it and I knew that world and yeah, I could put an alpha together, but it's just wasn't my thing. So I started writing self-help 
I realized that there was, you know, um, young self-help writers like Gabby Bernstein and Chris Carr, like they were out on the scene and they were very inspirational for me. I was very inspired by them and the work that they were doing. And I was like, I think this is the thing. Like, I think this is the thing. So I had no idea how that was going to work. And I don't know, I had the audacity to think that it was going to work, <laughs> you know? You know, so if you're feeling like there's something you want to go towards, there's a safe way for you to go towards that. I really do believe that. Like, I think that, you know, sometimes we think like, oh, that's such a crazy jump and how crazy, Nikki, to leave like your magazine job and go to this other thing. And, and you know, first of all, I wasn't making that much money. Like, I didn't have that much to lose. It's not like media was paying me all this money. And I'm grateful for that because I know a lot of times we stay in jobs because they're paying us well, because we have insurance, because we have all these things. And I do want to talk about that for a second because most of us that are seeking like that career that's really going to light us up and that work that's really going to light us up, I think you're also seeking freedom. I think you and I have that in common. As much as I was seeking something that I loved, I was also at the end of the day, I'm always looking for freedom. Like I'm always looking to feel free, to feel myself, to do like something that is not dictated by anybody else. I was like always seeking freedom. That was one of the reasons why I was ultimately looking for something outside of media. And I think that when we get caught up in like, oh, but my salary pays me this much and I have these insurances and I have this setup or I have this pension. Like, I feel like you're selling a piece of yourself off for these things. And I also feel like sometimes we're selling ourselves too short to think that like, you can't make that up later, you know, that you can't that, and, and you're, we're being like too narrow-minded to think that that's the only way to get retirement. And that's the only way to get health insurance. Like, yeah. Is it a pain in the ass for me to pay, you know, $1,600 a month in health insurance? Sure. But I also make money, enough money to pay for my $1,600 health insurance. So it's just somebody else is paying for it. You know, like it's not a company, it's my company that's paying for it. So if that's your reason for not going towards the thing that you love, I definitely would question yourself for a second. Just be like, do I really see myself that small? Do I really think that I'm not capable? And do I realize that I'm giving up a piece of my freedom? Do I realize that there's a trade-off here? You know, like, can I come to terms with that? Do I understand that? Um, those are questions like you need to ask yourself because at that point, like somebody else or something else is making decisions for you. So that's what I would say about that. Just a side note. So I start, you know, against, I started to see that like, there's a desire in me to do self-help writing. I started to see that there's this coaching thing. I started to see that people were writing books. I didn't know how these people were making money, but I'm like, they must be making money. So I go like deeper into, you know, I, my, I really prioritize my blog. I start teaching little workshops. People start showing up. I'm still working at Refinery29, but doing this thing. And then ultimately I realized, I was like, you know what? I just need a job that like pays me so that I can do this other thing. Like, I don't know how this thing's going to work, but I feel like it's going to work. I need to make it work. I want to be an author. And then of course that like, also that Leo part of me was like, oh, I can be in the spotlight. Like, this is a great thing for me. Like, this is exciting. So I just said, and bloggers were making money at the time. So I was like, I'm going to be a 
self-help blogger. Like I'm just going to figure out how to make that work. So, but I still needed money to pay my bills. So I saw my husband, I I just married my husband. He had a company, but it was pretty rinky dinky and and he was doing well, but I was like, oh man, there's just so much more you can do. I took those skills that I had, like the marketing skills that I had learned from working in media for so long. And I was like, let me organize you. Let me make you a bigger company. So I made that deal with him. We had no money. It was a huge, huge, uh, like leap of faith. And I just knew that I could put my efforts into that company and not drain like my creative part of me. Cause the thing about being a creative and having a side hustle is that sometimes us creatives are in creative jobs in those nine to fives. And then we want to do like our creative get like a side hustle on the side. And it's like, we're very much drained from that creative energy from that day-to-day job. So I wanted to eliminate that. Like I knew that I couldn't be, give all my creativity to my media job as an editor and then run this blog and run this, like, I don't know, whatever company I was trying to make. So I knew that if I used more of like my masculine side, my organization skills, my marketing skills for my husband's company, I would still have creative energy in me because there was nothing like super creative about what I was doing there. He agreed. I don't know why. I feel like I didn't even give him the choice. I just feel like this is what's going to happen. This is what we're going to do. So we did it. It worked out. I just, and again, you guys, my intuition was just like, you're meant to do this. And I always just thought like, listen, the worst that's going to happen is that you try this for a month or two and you get another job you know, definitely we got to have more self-trust in ourselves than like we do, you know, like I had a level of self-trust in me that like, I believed in my ability to survive. <laughs> and that is important for whenever we're thinking about, because career is so tied to the root chakra. It's so tied to our survival instincts. So if you don't believe in your survival skills, it's going to be hard for you to move around. And sometimes just like a domesticated animal, when we've been working for these corporate companies for so long, we've learned to, you know, it's like my dog, like my dog is being, or like the bunnies that I have, right? Those cute little bunnies. Like, I don't think if I put them into the wild today, if they could survive, because they're so used to us every day, giving them food, they live in a safe little cage, no animals bother them. But if I like dropped my bunny into the wild, it would, in a couple of days, it would probably get eaten. It probably doesn't trust itself enough to live in the wild. And sometimes when we work for other people for so long with these, you know, pensions and these retirements and all these like promises, we don't trust ourselves to be able to do it out in the wild and go do our own thing or to make some leaps. I thankfully, because the media job was always such a shitty paying job, (laughs) I always had to have like other freelance jobs at the same time. So I'm grateful that they paid me shitty because I had to find ways to make more money And I learned that I could make more money, that there was more money to be made, right? So like I believed in my ability to survive. Was it always going to be pretty? No, but I knew that like I could survive. And, you know, coming from immigrant parents, I learned that from my my parents. Like they were like, we're going to survive. So I would say that if you're going to, if you feel like you want to make this move, but you're afraid Start working on your ability, your self-trust and your ability to figure things out, your ability to survive, to provide for yourself, to produce for yourself, right? So mantras like, I am strong. I am able to provide for myself. I have good instincts. Like I know what I'm doing, like really working. Like I can do this. I can, the worst that's going to happen is I have to jump to, you know, I have to find another job after that. There's a lot of jobs out there for me, like really working your ability 
to do well, right? Like really working that up because without that, it's going to be hard to make this move. If you make this move and be like, wait, I hate my job. I'm going to quit it. But you don't believe in your ability to produce for yourself, your ability to hunt, kill, and feast for yourself, then it's not going to work out. So work that up if, if you don't have that yet, right? So I believed in that. I was like, you know what? I know how to find writing gigs. Like if I need to find more writing gigs, I'll find more writing gigs. I'm a good writer. I can do this. You know, that's how I saw it. I worked for Benny for a couple of months and we proved that it did work. And there was, I mean, definitely times it was scary. There was one month that we couldn't pay for our mortgage and I was freaking out and it was just awful, but taught me a lot. It taught me to be like responsible with my money. And, you know, it taught me, it also taught me how to like prepare how to bring money into a company, (laughs) you know, like, Hey, if you're not working this month to bring money next month into your company, guess what? Like there might not be money next month. And those were things that I learned. So I'm grateful for that experience. And I never looked back. I knew that that was like my last full-time job, ran the company with Benny, but at some point always was trying to get away from the company with Benny. We were always fighting over like, he was trying to keep me in. I was trying to get out. Um, It was, you know, stressful at times. It was really fun experience together. And, you know, when it was time to end, it was time to end. And we both knew that. So that was, you know, when that happened. So at some point with Benny, I just knew that this company was coming to the end. Benny was hitting like a big wall of like stress and he could not run the company anymore. His health was really bad. You know, his addictions were showing up and I was like, this is not going to work much longer. And that was an example of like intuition showing up as like, Hey, you know, something bad's about to happen. And, you know, when we study intuition, we think that Oh, everything, you know, we, we sometimes toss out like something bad's going to happen. We toss it out as, oh, like that, you know, that's just my ego or that's my fear. And no, sometimes intuition is like, listen, get it together because something bad's going to happen. And that's, I went through that with my husband as we got closer to, to closing the business. And I just knew. So when that kind of pushed my back up against the wall and it made me figure out this reading thing. I figured out that like, you know, I tried so many things through that process of trying to figure out like what worked, what made money, what wasn't going to make money, all that kind of stuff, like how to actually make a company. And these intuitive gifts were the answer to making, you know, money as a company. I wasn't grateful for them at first because I was really afraid of doing readings. I thought it was going to be like really weird. I thought people were going to judge me. I mean, I had already done a lot of weird things, but this was like definitely the weirdest of the weird. But, you know, I had trust that I had set this intention a while back. Like I wanted to have a lifestyle. I wanted to be available for my kids. I wanted to do work that I loved. I wanted to do work that mattered to people, that helped people, all that kind of stuff. And those intentions truly like led me to where I am today. So that's another thing that I would say, like, if you feel that you're trying to make this transition, you're trying to figure out this work thing, your career thing, your general intentions, like I promise you that they will get more specific as time goes. So if all you can do right now is set general intentions, like I want to do something I love. I want to do something that really provides for myself. I want flexibility. I want like whatever it may be, like write it all out today keep it somewhere and hold that intention because I didn't 
I did not, I could not predict that this is what I was going to do, but I had that intention. So I was like repeating that to myself all over again, always like, I want to do my own business. I want to do something I love. I want to make enough money. Like I was repeating that over and over again for many, many years. And I don't know if I was just stubborn or what it was, but I, you know, the universe would throw me a bone every once in a while. So I feel like that's why I kept going. That's why I kept doing it because like once every four or five months, something would work out and it kept me going. You know, like I feel like it was just giving me enough to keep me going that, you know, that I, there were, I remember this one time that I was like, that's it. I'm putting out my applications. Like, um, that was probably like four years ago. I was like, I'm putting out applications. I'm going to become an editor again. That was the only time that I like really hit like a rock bottom that I was like doubting myself. But thankfully, again, the universe threw me some sort of bone at that time. And I was like, okay, I guess I don't have to apply for these jobs. So you know, it is normal to be kind of up and down throughout this process because you literally are walking into a dark hallway. Like it's like, you're just, you take this leap and then you just don't know what's ahead of you. And I lived in that dark hallway for so long and just kind of feeling things out and not knowing what was working until finally I got to this light that started off with the readings. Like I hit something it's like I hit, you know, I hit oil almost in a way. Like I had tried a lot of different things and ultimately that worked. And as that worked and I loved it, it was like this perfect medium place. It's like it worked and I loved it. So I was able to go like full throttle with it. The six, my success has really come from my ability to test. I'm a big tester. You guys, I, most things I'm doing, I'm testing, I'm beta testing. I I like almost exist like in a little lab. It feels like I'm always like tinkering and figuring things out. I feel like in the beginning of my business, I was obsessed with like being like, okay, this is the program. This is the book. Like, this is it. This is what's going to push me over to the edge. And I know so many of you who are running businesses feel that way. You're like, you're always looking for that thing that's going to like break you through your glow up moment, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I existed in that for so many years um, until (laughs) that moment never came. (laughs) And I feel what does come is a buildup of momentum. I feel like, you know, you work at it long enough, you stick to it long enough, you believe in yourself long enough that that momentum ultimately creates a snowball, you know, like you just, or like a rubber band ball, you know, I feel like you put one rubber band then two, and then, you know, ultimately you have a big ball. So that's really what these glow up moments look like are really just a momentum of effort all behind that. And then finally it's a big enough ball that it's noticeable. But it's not necessarily like, oh, this is the one big thing. The testing doesn't stop. So what happened was like, once I feel like I reached that little snowball that I was like, the business was healthy enough, I realized that there is no like tipping point, that there is more just a a, accumulation of all your efforts or that, sorry, there is a tipping point, I guess, but there is no one thing that tips you over. It's just an accumulation of a bunch of stuff, of a bunch of effort that then looks like a tipping point. So once I discovered that, I stopped judging myself for tinkering and testing because I've always been a tinkering and tester. And I thought that that's what like that windy road was, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm always changing my mind or whatever. But later I realized that that's actually just like me tinkering and testing. And that is what works. So at that point, when I saw like some, you know, that there was, you know, I was getting a little bit back from the business. I was like, oh, see this tinkering, this testing, this actually works. And then I stopped judging myself for tinkering and testing. 
And then what's funny was when you bring people on to work with you, for me, for a long time, I was super embarrassed to be like changing my mind and tinkering testing because I had Danica, who's now the president of the company. She was my assistant at the time. And I was like, so embarrassed. I was like, oh my gosh, this girl must think I'm nuts. But thankfully, like, you know, she stood by. And then later I got to a point that I was like, you know, I'm not going to judge myself for that anymore because it seems to be working. Like I do, I'm, I am learning and I'm figuring things out. And now like, I don't judge myself at all for the tinkering and the testing. I realize that that's just the way that, that this company is made. And if I would always do the same thing, then I would be, you know, boring or not innovative. And, you know, it's a living, breathing thing that needs to change. So removing self judgment from the process is such a big deal. So like letting yourself do whatever you're meant to do in that moment without judgment is just, there's just a lot less suffering in that process when you do that. So I would say too, that in this process of you trying new things, try to not judge. So fast forward to where I am. So I landed on that thing. I landed on the readings. It felt like, okay, kind of figured something out or I figured something that is working after a lot of testing. Definitely was not the end of testing. I am still testing to this day and still moving things. It kind of feels like living in a house and you know, you're constantly decorating and sometimes you're moving things around and sometimes a room might stay the same for five years with the furniture set in the perfect position. But at some point, you know, you realize that you want a new couch or something. So that's really how it feels with my business. It's constantly, you know, a living, breathing thing that I'm moving around in. So in addition to having trust in myself, which I think is the first thing to develop and how did I trust myself? my healing, my own self-healing and my own ability to like love and, and to believe in myself was a priority above everything. I wasn't like working on, I don't know, feeling like worthy of making more money or anything like that. I was really working on learning to trust myself. So rather than spending like money on these marketing classes and stuff like that, which I definitely spent money on and I definitely lost a lot of money in those marketing classes. I spent most of my time on trying to heal myself. You know, I was really trying to work on like healing myself, trusting myself, mantras, believing myself, working with whoever I needed to work on for myself to understand myself. And that was the priority for me. And that's basically like why I have that ability to trust myself. After I learned to trust myself, I actually learned to trust my business. So that I feel like that's the second step where I'm like, I believe in you business. Like, I know you can do this. I actually constantly feel into the energy of my business. I see my business as a separate, like living and breathing thing. So the same way I would, you know, feel into the energy of my child or feel into the energy of my pets or, you know, um, of even the land that we live on, like, the business itself has an energy and I'm constantly trying to communicate and talk to it as well. I, one of the biggest like aha moments for me was when I realized that like, I am not the business, that the business is something that has been birthed through me and it has like a whole other like identity than me. So it, it is a portal for me to like express myself and all that kind of stuff. And, and yes, it, you know, it, it, it has 
some of me in it, a lot of me in it, but it is, it is separate from me. So being able to learn to trust my energy, I'm, excuse me, trust my business and actually working on that being like, I want to be able to trust my business. I want to feel like it can, can provide now. I want it to feel like it can provide for other people, which is where we're at now, right? We have, we have employees and we have these soul mentors and, you know, I'm really trusting that it can provide for all of us and, and believing in it the way, like you believe in a child being like, you can do this. Like now we're going to put you on this bike and I'm going to take off these training wheels. And like, I believe in you. Like, I know you can do this. And like almost speaking into it is what has also grown the business, you know, and at this point we have a six figure business, which is like, I feel like one of those shady marketing people as, as soon as I say that, but it's something I'm really proud of. You know, it's something that wasn't done by accident. There was a lot of intention behind that. Like there was a lot of, at some point I was like, okay, you're going to be able to provide. Definitely when, when I started to see that Benny wasn't doing well and that we were going to have to close down his business. That's when I was like, all right, Nikki Nova writes was what, what it was called at the time. I'm like, put your big girl panties on. Like, we got to do this. Like you can do this. Like you're, you are ready for this. And, you know, believing that not only, could it be a place to be creative for me and make me happy and all that kind of stuff? I then put the intention that like, you are something that's going to be able to provide. You can be, you can be consistent. You can provide, you can be um, something that we can lean on and putting that intention into it. And that's when that was about three and a half years ago, maybe almost four years ago. And that's that big turning point where like Nikki Novo writes came like stopped being like a freelance kind of like hobby thing and moved into an actual company because of like what I was asking of it. So it's like the more you ask of it too, and you, you know, speak into the company and you give it what it needs, the more like it also provides for you. So I constantly like, I'm like, okay, I need you. Can you do this? Can I need you to do this now? If I need you to do this, to provide in this way, what do you need from me in order to provide that way? So I respect the energy of the business and there's a constant like communication and a, and a, you know, a talking and feeling into the energy and respecting the energy of the business so that it can produce more and more. And then now, you know, there's just this feeling of, it's just a great feeling of feeling like efficient and structured and like a safe home. And it did not always feel that way. And I think it's crazy for us to think that it should feel that way at the beginning. You know, it's like just so much pressure. Like it takes time to build a sturdy home and build a sturdy business. So, you know, like it takes time, but point of this long-winded conversation is there is a way for your heart desires when it comes to how you make money for it to come to life. Whether it's like running your own business or working for like a company or something, but what is in your heart, like don't underestimate that wild dream. That's even if it sounds like a unicorn type setup, all it is is like setting that intention and letting that intention lead, letting that intention be like the North star. Because what I have today is a total like result of the intention that I set like 10 years ago. I was like, I want this, I want freedom. I want to be with my kids. I want to make more money. I want to do something I love, like all these things. And it took me a long time to figure out exactly what the specifics were, but that intention has always guided the business until it finally found like its foundation right now. So 
if you know that that intention in your heart can become something, it will become something, like why waste time thinking about it? Like just put that intention out into the world, like start following wherever that intention takes you, even if it's gonna be a weird, windy, crazy road. Trust that intention like is going to, be, this has happened to you before. There's there's things that you have in like your life right now that at some point they were just like a little baby intention. And now they've actually, you know, are a real thing. They're a, a true manifestation of something. They're a physical manifestation. So that desire is just the beginning of a physical manifestation. So, but the more you worry about whether you're going to let that desire come to life, like the longer this is going to take. So just birth out that desire even if it's like a weird, you know, it's like birthing out a baby. At first they look like little aliens. <laughs> like they're just kind of weird looking. And at some point they become little people. So it's the same thing. But imagine if I just kind of kept that baby in me for three years, four years, it's like I'm delaying that baby coming to life. So you're delaying like that desire in your heart coming to life. It's going to become something. Like I promise you that you stay the path. And if there's anything that you get from this conversation, like, be clear on that intention, write it out. You know, it doesn't have to be super specific at all because you're going to get clearer and clearer on it, but let it exist in the world. Like let it start to lead you. Think of it as like a, like a Sherpa that's like, you know, leading you down up these mountains and just follow it. And then the other part for you is for you to like, get out of your own way, do your own healing, like work on clearing yourself because that desire that's in your heart, it is, a very authentic part of you that's speaking. Like it's this very innate, authentic, very soul led part of you that's speaking. And it is trying to get through past all this noise that, you know, that you have put all these layers of baggage on top of you throughout this process of life. And it's trying to get through that. So if you work on releasing those layers, that very, true part of you is going to be able to become what it was meant to become. Like that was written in the stars for you. That was like set, that was set out for you. But what happens is we get in our own way because of the experiences that we've had. So the goal should really be like, how can I release more and more off of myself? How can I become like more and more of my true self so that this true desire that exists in me can actually come to be so that I'm not getting in the way of that true desire anymore. So that's the other trick to all of this. So that's a little bit about my journey and kind of how I see it. And I believe you can make a life any way that you want. Even I'm sure a lot of you are like, oh, Nikki, but what I want to do is so crowded. Like everybody else is doing it. I believe that there's a place for you there too. I really do. I, I think our children are going to do work very different than the way we were doing it. Actually, I was today in a build in a meeting with our builder that's building our house. And he was talking about like how he had come from this like blue collar family for many generations and that his dad showed up to like the same paper mill that his like grandfather and great grandfather had worked in. And the dad shows up to his first day of job. And the dad was like, there has to be a better way. Like this cannot be the only way to make money. And the dad was the beginning of like changing the trajectory. And now my builder, you know, he went to the university, he's an engineer and like, totally different path than like his blue collared family had had. And I was listening to him and I was like, that's, I feel like that's happening to our children. Like our children, 
I just, I don't think these corporate structures are going to last much longer. I feel that we're all, the world is changing in a way that we're like going to learn to work in like little ecosystems and shared economies and more like self-sustainable, reliable in our, you know, in our little systems or communities rather than these like big monster structures. So maybe even what you're thinking may sound crazy right now, but don't underestimate the fact that you're having an intuitive hit where the economy for like what you want does, is not even set up just yet. Um, because in a way, like 10 years ago, I probably couldn't have run the business that I'm running today, but um, the world has changed enough for me to be able to run the business the way that I'm running it now. So there's going to be a lot of changes in the way that we make money, in the way that we receive money. So your thoughts about what you want to do next may be part of that and trust that like the the earth is like changing that way that it's that you're part of that change. So I just feel like if you're listening to this, this is like a sign for you. So just move forward. This is for you. And I'm excited to see what you build, you know, let your heart desire set the intention and then use your smarts to get there. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed talking to you. Let me know what you're planning up and I can't wait to see what you make. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys so much. If you love what you're hearing, would you mind leaving a review or sharing with a friend? That little review does so much. It's so damn helpful. You don't even know. So thank you for that. And if you're ready to unlock your spiritual gifts, enroll in my three-level program, Soul Academy, or join my free community, Soul Collective. I'd love to have you there. The links to join are below in this episode. Until next time, love you much.